song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! You are now listening to America's favorite craft beer podcast, a show that covers tricks, tips, and trends inside the craft beer industry. I am your host, craft beer enthusiast, Tom Simpson. Next to me, my co-host, a man with more untapped check-ins than you have steps on your Fitbit, the adjunct professor himself, Mr. Dan Poway. Tune in, sit down, and drink up. And most importantly, thank you for joining us on another episode of America the Brew. Guess I'll have to wait until then. And if I get drunk, well, I'll pass out on the floor now, baby. You won't bother me no more. And if you're drinking, well, you know that you're my friend. And I say, I think I'll have myself a Welcome to season four. Episode one of America the Brutiful. That's Happy- first of all, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's right. It's our fourth year doing this. We started uh, basically when the pandemic started, not even on purpose. It wasn't like, hey, the pandemic started, let's do this. We could do like a through the years thing now. You know, <laughs> like it was like a different world uh, it was when a, we started this. It was a very different world. All right. So speaking of you know what, we have a lot to talk about. Let's pop our first beer now. How about that? That sounds Really good. Okay, so this is a collab. Uh, it's Fidens and Mortalis. The name of this beer is We Know Steve. It's a double IPA, 8%. Uh, you know, two of the better breweries in New York State. And both, you know, a ride, so. That's fantastic. Uh, that's a uh, very nice-looking IPA. But, you know, let's let's get into it because the big news, our last episode of last season, got a lot of pickup, a lot of people, you know, we put a reel out, it's our first reel, and, uh, you know, thousands of people, thousands of views, and because we broke some news, and that news is about the New Jersey Brewery Bill. Earlier this week, a modified version of Bill S3038, sounds like a hop, saw, <laughs> saw a significant step forward passing in both the NJ Senate and Assembly by a unanimous vote. In addition to many of the brewery regulation changes contained in the original bill, this amended version addresses liquor license reforms statewide. Governor Murphy must sign the bill before January 16th for it to become law is expected to sign it right so he's expected to sign it was he expected to sign it last time i think kind of you know i (laughs) mean once something goes through the new jersey senate and assembly unanimously you would just assume it's going to get through but the reason he didn't he basically held it hostage to try to get liquor license reform which is something that affects a lot of people as well right if you want to open your own restaurant or bar that's a big deal for you. He wanted to make it easier to get a liquor license, Correct. right? And, le- and, and less expensive. It's it's great. Yeah. It's great for new people that are that want to open a new business. It's fantastic for that. Of course, he held the beer law kind of like hostage to get that to happen. Now, uh, he is expected to sign it. I think almost definitely he will. But let's talk about what's in the bill for the beer people, right? So this measure would allow brewers and other craft manufacturers to hold an unlimited number of on-premises events. Right now, the current regulations cap them at 25 events, which is one every other week, basically. Okay. 
off-premises events would remain capped at 25 per year, though breweries would be allowed to provide alcohol for off-premises social affair events, which require hosts to obtain a permit. That's an interesting. Like, I want to, you know, what the hell is it? an <laughs> off-premise event that doesn't require those other things? I guess you could have a beer fest at a different location because your brewery is not big enough to hold it. Uh, that's one thing. I don't I don't know. Okay. I guess you could do a bunch of things. Uh, the legislation would also allow brewers to partner with local restaurants and food trucks to provide on-premises food services. Great. Though they would still be barred from running their own kitchens. That would only be uh, – if you did a kitchen, it would be a brew pub. There's not that many of them in the state. Obviously, alternate ending, gaslight. Uh, you know, there's a few, but not as many as breweries, obviously. Right. Uh, the legislation, uh, I'm sorry, the bill would also do away with the requirement that breweries must provide a tour of their facilities before selling alcohol. That's good. I can't tell you the last time I took a tour of a brewery <laughs> in any state. I think breweries really, uh, that was a big thing when, when that no, I know, law I came into effect. I remember. And then after a while, people were just like, yeah, just look around and come back. Like, who's know? enforcing this shit? Exactly, exactly. Um, again, lots of liquor reform uh, are going to help prospective new businesses and that's part of the bill and that's pretty big so that's huge huge good news for the new jersey beer community but with that there is some sad news and that is that a brewery that's been around for 10 years in new jersey uh, seems to be closing its doors yes that's right and that is forgotten boardwalk um you know uh, ten years is a surprise. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I get surprised that other half and Kane are around that long, and I forgotten Boardwalk as well. I, I don't, you know, I, I know their cans from the stores. I'm sure I've had. A, I know I've had a couple. Uh, I don't know what they're really what they were really known for, other than maybe their location. Um, it's a fun location. They had some fun beers. They had a a cream ale that was uh, pretty popular. It had a cat on it. You know, for for cat folks. Um, <laughs> But but uh, they put a a note out, and this is uh, – we're recording right now on a Friday, and this literally just dropped an hour ago. Um, you know, 10 years, they, they've been around, and essentially they tried to sign a lease extension with a landlord, and that did not uh, go through. Um, and they're going to be maintaining regular business for the tasting room until February 29th. It is a leap year this year, so they get uh, an extra day on that. But uh, really sad news for them. And, you know, obviously anytime any brewery in the state closes, it's it's sad news. Yeah, not right. And you see it more other, obviously, breweries opening. I think we talked about that last week. But, um, you know, 10 years is a long time for any business Business, at all especially like a small business like that where you probably have the owners that are working there all the time i mean you know yeah you're making money but you're working you're working a lot right sure than you would be if you were punching a clock somewhere um you know so it's unfortunate the way it happened but 10 years is a great run it's something to be proud of absolutely and it's terrible the way it kind of went away right it's just uh, you know lease like that's that sucks that's it Landlord is not a beer fan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, some cool news that's happening, and that's Equilibrium. They're uh, providing a private barrel experience. Later this year, Equilibrium will offer beer nerds the opportunity to make your own barrel-aged stout at EQ. You choose the barrel, select the adjuncts, design the label, and pick the wax color. 
Ooh. I mean, I when I saw that, I was very, very excited. So, I mean, <laughs> I, all kidding aside, like, but all right. So here's the thing. So I saw this news and I'm like, fuck yes, I'm in. Awesome. And I still am in. But for those out there who haven't heard of this sort of thing, um, these types of things are not always as cool as they sound. All right. Years ago, Aslan had this private barrel kind of experience thing as well. And that one did not end up that well. I went in oh, really? I went in with a bunch of people. The beer was came out kind of just okay. Uh, it took forever. It took forever to for the beer to come out. And were, were, were your expectations that it was going to come out like much earlier? You thought it was going to be like a year or something or uh, nine months? And then, correct. And we okay. never really got updates. And uh, I, I honestly, that one in particular, I don't think anybody that that did the experience really liked the way it happened. Now, that said, I think EQ is going to do it right. You know, they I trust the folks at EQ for this. So I'm definitely in, I'm going to be doing this. And, oh, you are. and it, again, and it's not just Aslan. So that was one that had it where it wasn't a good experience. Prairie did this. And most of the Prairie bottles that they did were amazing. Like they were really, really good. Okay. A few meteries have done it in Florida as a Miriam and Brulahan and uh, people really liked the way that turned out. So I'm, I have very high hopes for equilibrium. So it sounds like it's only stouts. Like, this one is only stats. stats. From from what I can gather from reading, it is only stats. Yes. Right. Interesting. You're gonna be in. I would do it. Yeah. I yeah, would you do get it. Get a I'd bunch a of shot. people to go in. You get a barrel. You know, other half was. I don't know if it's like public information. Doesn't really matter now. But other half was talking about doing that down in D.C. Yeah. I don't think that years ever ago, right when D.C. opened, which I guess now is like five years ago. Yeah. I don't think that ever materialized. It did not. I mean, it's it's when you hear it, you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'd like to do that. You know, I don't know. Do you pick like 30 adjuncts or do you pick like <laughs> one, two? Well, that's that's the issue, right? What, you do gotta, you, you, do you have an idea of what you would put in your No. Stout? I mean, I'm going to have to come. I'll come up with like 10 ideas and then see what people like. The other thing is I'm not going to get a whole barrel by myself. So no, you're no, going to go no. in with probably 10, 15 friends at least. And what do you get? How many bottles are you getting out of the barrel? Well, that's the thing. So that's why you need a bunch of people too, not only for the cost, but also for the yield. What are you going to do with, you know, 50 bottles? Right. Yeah. So, you know, this is this is something that I'm excited for. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, but it's going to take a lot of planning for the beer nerd community to come together and figure out who's in on the barrel and what adjuncts and what barrels and what Is label and what name. Lactose or no lactose? <laughs> sure. Marshmallow, <laughs> no marshmallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so our last episode came out right before the new year. And then on New Year's Day or around that time, the Saturday before New Year's actually. Right. There was a very, very big release in the area, and that is Kane. Kane oh, yes, is yes, celebrating yes, their uh, 10th anniversary, and they released 10th anniversary Night to End All Dawns. This, listen to this, double bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout. They selected a weeded imperial stout that was aged in a Buffalo Trace Weller 12-year bourbon barrel for 15 months. That single barrel was then racked into a Heaven Hill Old Fitzgerald 19-year bourbon barrel for 10 months to finish. The beer was then pulled from a single barrel, result, result, uh, resulting in less than 100 bottles. So I was there for the... I saw this release. I got pictures of you. <laughs> you have pictures of me? What, you, what does that mean? Yeah, you know Tom Bogan. <laughs> oh, yes. He took pictures of me. Yes, he did. Okay. Maybe without your permission, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, sure. Uh, no, it was uh, it, it was a big deal. The, the release came out. I had other plans that day, and my whole kind of way my day was going to shape up completely changed. What were you supposed to do? So I was going to go to uh, I was going to go to Tall Oaks and Bakes. Oh, okay. So you were going to go to a brewery anyway. Yes. Okay. But then we went straight to Kane, and then we went to Bakes, and then they kind of got away, and I was not able to to hit Tall Oaks for their uh, and you know opening. Right. So that's still to come. Maybe this weekend. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but so check it out. So there were less than one hundred bottles of this beer. It was a single barrel. There are an untapped. A total of two check-ins of the beer as of now. Really? Two check-ins. This beer came out on December, I think, 28th, 29th. Okay, I'm surprised. I mean, you, you think with New Year's and stuff, they'd be, a few more bottles would be popped. Mm-hmm. So either people aren't using Untapped as much as they were, or they're holding on to those bottles. I think people are holding on for a special occasion, and I, I think I am too. I have not popped mine oh, yet. Oh, you haven't tried it. But I'm closing in on 20,000 unique check-ins, and I think I'm going to try to Make that to twenty thousand. I've seen people say that it was very well. I guess one of the couple people or few people with the said it was very good. It better be. It was uh, fifty bucks. To whoa, yeah, fifty bucks for the for one bottle plus wow. plus tax. Okay, <laughs> how'd you get two? I, you know, I was I went with some friends. All good. Ah. Cheating the system. Cheating the system. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Let's talk about some Lambic because there's a lot of news in the Lambic community. Um, mostly bad, but some good. Dre Fontaine scaling back. They indicated in a post that they will, quote unquote, let go of part of their team, but will still be making Lambic. But less. Right. The significantly increased, this is what they said, the significantly increased costs in recent years and the sharply reduced activity on the beer market are pushing them to the reality. Uh, you know, if, if for those of you who saw the Lambic movie, uh, you probably heard about all the expansion that Dre Fontaine did. Uh, if you go to beer stores, you can see their bottles around. Um, they, they have done a lot more production in the last few years than before. And it seems like demand may not be there the way they expected it to be before they started that. So, right. So I did see um, in a Facebook group, maybe it was a Lambic group, people talking about it. And there were a lot of the comments where, you know, when I'm in the U.S. or I live in the U.S., whatever, uh, I see these Lambic on the shelves and they're like 50, 60 bucks a pop. It's not worth spending that money, like especially when I'm in Europe or when I'm in Europe and I see them on the shelves for like 12 to 20 bucks a, a bottle. And you see that and you're like, oh shit, like who is making money off this? I mean, you know, like obviously somebody's putting a huge upcharge on there. Maybe it's necessary because of logistics and everything, but that's a lot of money, dude. It, it is a lot of you money. Don't, you know, you could get like, and, and you have to, you know, it's like a beer. You have to drink it when you open it. You can't cork it and save it. I mean, you could get like a really, really nice bottle of wine for 50 bucks. Of course. You know, so like they're competing with not just the beer industry, but I think that they're probably competing with that as well. And bourbon. And bourbon too, right. Sure. Uh, so 
Cantillon has come back into New York City in distro. Some places are getting it. And I know some of those bottles, like Fufon, St. Lamb, Vig, 50N made it to, to New York City in wow. distro. Wow. Um, some of these bottles are up to 100 bucks just in a bottle shop, not secondary market, just a bottle shop. It's, it is a lot of money. I, you know, I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't beer like a drink of the people? <laughs> right? Yeah, it isn't should. Isn't that yeah. where it started out? You yeah. know, the wine was the elitist, cognacs, things like that. But beer was supposed to be like an every man's drink. Maybe. It was. Yeah. I'm not saying it still is that way. It was because we're talking about $50 bottles of burp, of uh, stouts. And but like, and, and we're also you know, talking two guys right now who've spent 75 bucks on a deal with the devil on divorce. Correct. So. <laughs> correct. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know, dude. That seems like a lot of money to me. It is. bucks for a Lambic. It is. And, and that's, you know, not secondary market. That's just going to a bottle shop and getting it. Um, all right. So that's. Listen, that's sad news for for Dre Fontaine, but there's uh, some some cool news from Cantillon, and that's that uh, Cantillon Ashanti Lambic, nothing to do with the R&B uh, singer. R&B singer. <laughs> uh, those who had the 2022 Zwanzi, they're calling this the sister blend to that. It's basically a Lambic with black pepper. Okay. The uh, Zwanzi bottle was amazing. Oh, really? Yes, yes. I had it at Monk's Cafe. I went to Swansea Day. Uh, fantastic bottle. I'm actually really excited for that. I know there are three per person at the brewery right now. Uh, good luck getting it. I think it's like 150 200 bucks secondary. You can you can get it if you really want. But again, we're talking about a, a price. But that's also the secondary market right. on that. But uh, Would you well, pay that much for it? If you split it? I guess you would split it with people. Yeah. You're not doing that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but – Really cool bottle. Uh, so, I mean, some bad news in the Lambic world, some good news. Also some good news, totally unrelated to Lambic. <laughs> totally, totally, totally unrelated to Lambic. <laughs> Too hot for, for the gram. Number three. This mm. is the third edition. This year's event will be held on Saturday, February 24th at Imprint. It's been a blast the previous two years. We recorded there last year. That's right. The pro- and the year before. And the, yeah. Both years. Yeah. Um, the event's only 25 bucks. That's not bad at all. It's a great price. It's, it's a great a, price. It's an amazing price. When Can't you even, see how much beer fests are everywhere, they're so expensive. Yeah, that's a great price. They're so expensive. Uh, some of the breweries that will be in attendance, Tripping Animals, Alternate Ending, Dewey, Definitive, Spyglass, and Long Live. Those are just some of the ones that were announced in their first, kind of first batch of announcements for that event. But cool. uh, always a good event, and the people at Imprint – they do a great job, not only with these events, they also they donate a lot of money to charity and, um, you know, re- really kind of some of the good people in the beer world. Let's put it that way. The owner's a great dude. I don't remember him and his wife. I don't remember what their names are, but fantastic people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back with more. We got a lot to talk about, a lot of cool local releases, and that is coming up after this. Let me take you to a place. Where the sun wants to face And the sound of the waves takes you
Welcome back. Season four, episode one of America the Brutiful. We are here, local releases, uh, along with, I guess, some news too that we're going to be putting in here. Very excited. Before we get into that, we've got a fantastic, Dan's got a fantastic beer in front of him in his hand here. So I'm really excited to try this. Uh, We're going to start with local releases this week with Noble Savage. And why are we starting it with them? Because the beer that I have in my hand, uh, it's called Functional Art. It's a 7.4% IPA. It uh, was number one on top beer drops. That's a big, that's a big. So congratulations uh, to Noble Savage for that. Uh, So this beer, a little bit about it. Brewed with 100% Hudson Valley malt, orange blossom honey, and then dry hop with Nelson and Mackenzie hops. That's very exciting. I'm excited to try it. Uh, they also released some other beers. Two beers with that, yeah. Ultimate Reality, 8.4% double IPA, dry hopped with uh, New Zealand Cascade, Wamea, and Nelson Sauvine from Freestyle Hops. And the other release in kind of they released three cans at once was called Blissful Intermission. It was a 6.7 ABV IPA dry hop with Motueka, Galaxy, and McKenzie. Uh, again, congrats to them for getting on number one on top beer drops. Obviously, you know, we talked about it in our last episode uh, of, of this past year, you know, that we're seeing them more and more on these lists. Um, and now they hit number one. This is delicious. I will get to it in a second. But first, I want to hear something else happened today. Another announcement happened, and it's a really big one that I know you're super excited about. So that is Other Half's, Other Half's 10th Anniversary Celebration. It's called the All 10th Anniversary Everything Celebration. It's on Saturday, February 10th. This is the best part, okay? Okay, I'm listening. It starts at noon and goes till 4 p.m. And it's at the Center Street location in Brooklyn. It better be. Yeah. Oh, this is a good beer. Yeah, it's very oh, good. Wow. It's very good. Um, yeah, it says here, we're beyond excited to announce our all 10th anniversary everything celebration. Join us on Saturday, February 10th, as we celebrate 10 years of other half brewing at our original brewery and taproom location on Center Street in Brooklyn. Since it's our 10th anniversary, we wanted to do something special. So we pulled together a collaboration lineup. That's exciting. It is very exciting. So uh, it seems like what they're going to have is they're going to have a lot of kind of guests there. I think it's 25 different breweries will be uh, bringing their beer to other half. And, you know, they've been kind of ramping up to this. They've been having different of the former IPAs from – Every year, right? So they're like second anniversary, the reigning threes, all these different beers are coming out. Uh, They've really been doing a good job of kind of like celebrating their 10 years and not just saying, hey, it's 10 year anniversary. They've kind of been going through the years. It's crazy, dude. And some of the new ones that they've released, they uh, have the sixth anniversary IPA. Uh, you know, ahead of their 10th anniversary. It's a 10% triple IPA. And they also have HDHC mouth full of diamonds. It's an 8% IPA collab with foam. They originally brewed it in 2019 and they amped this version up with the HDHC uh, treatment. I'm a big fan of the HDHC treatment. I don't know. Uh, I know it's a high density hop charge, but I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> But uh, I feel like the beers generally are very good that they yes. give that treatment to. They are. They are. 
All right. So that's big news. I'd love to go to that. I'm going to try to go to that. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's such a weird world. Like if this was three years ago, this tickets would have, four years ago, these tickets would have been sold out already. Correct. We've been gone. Yes. Now I'm like, I don't know. I'm probably get them next week. And that's not <laughs> nothing against like other half. Like I'm just saying like, you know, things have just changed that much and how people. And I know you had a very big question about this event and that is what time it actually starts because yeah. it's 12 to four, but in the normal other half world of the past, if there was a release at a certain time, get there at 12 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> You're sure. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, that, 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 I'm sure they don't want people lining up overnight just because, but that, um, you know, the first banana anniversary, the Barrel Age banana anniversary release, that was, you know, I don't know, that was a, I, I don't know, I might have got there before 12 a.m. Sure. And I was on the, you know, around the block already. There was a lot of people in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some of the other big uh, releases of this week. Uh, let's talk uh, Tin Barn. Uh, Tin Barn uh, just released a beer called Prelude to Change, and this is kind of celebrating their new 30-barrel brew house. Uh, they started with a 15-barrel system uh, that they got from Fiddlehead Brewing in Vermont, uh, and this new beer, it's a hazy double IPA 8.8%, is kind of celebrating that change to the new of Tin Barn. Kaleidoscope I-5 is back. Part of their Super Fruited Sour Smoothie Series. This one has blueberry, raspberry, strawberry, banana. And Spaceman Orbit, a triple New England IPA with Citra, Simcoe, and Brew on Hops. This one made it on top beer drops. And it was actually the second week in a row that they had a beer on top beer drops because Broccoli Queen made it as well, which was a collab with... Other half. Of course. That's great. Equilibrium. Reminder that a day of bliss is January 20th. Dan will be there. I will be there, yes. They Uh, do have, you saw Bliss was out on Tavor too, by the way, right? I did see that, which is wild, yes. Uh, So let's talk about that beer. Swiss Bliss Batch 4 Imperial Stout Condition on Swiss Chocolate Almond Roast Coffee. I want some of that. Uh, (laughs) And it has heaps of almonds and marshmallows. Sign me up. Icarus Brewing, celebrating their seventh anniversary. Big, big. Big anniversary week over here. Yeah, congrats to them. Mega Yacht Juice, 12% heavily oated Northeast quadruple IPA hopped with Citra, Mosaic, and Columbus, then dry hopped repeatedly with Apulin Citra, Apulin Mosaic, Brew One, Galaxy, and Columbus. They also have Liquid Swords, uh, which is a 4.7% Japanese-style rice lager brewed with yuzu and a jasmine green tea. Sounds, sounds pretty tasty. Yeah. Sign the bill, Phil. IPA is back ahead of the expected signing of the bill we mentioned in the beginning of the show. And seven years is worth the squeeze. Fruited Berliner brewed with boysenberry, marionberry, blackberry, and then conditioned on Madagascar vanilla and marshmallow. That sounds yummy. I will tell you, just to go off on a side for a second, uh, that before we started doing this show, and I probably, you know, before you and I started really hanging out, um, I mean, you know, Icarus... Dude, you would go to the store. This is before I knew about all these top secret releases that you fucking <laughs> opened my eyes to. You would like go to the liquor store and, you know, you'd have to be there within an hour. It was gone. Yeah. You know, Icarus was one of the um, one of the first like IPAs that I brought home. And I was like, 
whoa, this is really, really different and really, really good. Um, you know, it's just amazing. You think about that, you know, and that was probably, I don't know, six, six years, years ago, ago, something probably like six that. Probably six years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's just crazy how, how times have changed and things have evolved and everybody, most people are still here, which is good. Well, and I remember their first anniversary, Icarus' first anniversary, they had a bunch of the Kalishnikov uh, beers and I showed up. There was a cane release that day. It was going to go straight down to Icarus. There's a cane release. Stopped at cane. I'm like, oh, I'll still get there and probably get bottles gone. Everything was gone. All the bottles were gone. Really? I'm like, really? I was like, I didn't know that much about Icarus at that time. Uh, their first anniversary. Uh, got to try a lot of those Kalishnikov bottles, and they were super solid. Yeah. Uh, the buckwheat was probably my favorite Icarus beer of all time. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. District 96, snarky question, 6.5% double dry hop New England IPA with Citra, Mosaic, and Galaxy. And then cuffing season, what are the highest ABVs you're going to find on an IPA? 14% quadruple IPA. Whoa. I will tell you, I had Man Meets Machine the other day. That was a fantastic beer. And uh, very good. Enjoyed it very much. We'll stay in New York, go to Long Island, Root and Branch, the Assayer, Multi-Oat Wheat, Triple IPA, Brewed, and Dry Hop with Citric Common Hops. Scanners, Multi-Oat Wheat, IPA, Brewed, and Dry Hop with Mosaic, and Strata Hops. Grinding Halt, Multi-Oat Wheat, IPA, Brewed entirely with Citra. The Castle, Mosaic. It's Multi-Oat Wheat, American Pale Ale, Brewed with Mosaic Hops. Uh, I love this series. Single IPA, one hop. The Citra was amazing. They're saying this is just as good as the Citra. Ooh. Life and Fate 24, experimental multi-oat wheat double IPA. Uh, let's talk about the seed because they're doing something uh, that I'm going to try to jump on if I can. They're opening 50 spots in their membership, and that opens on Monday the 15th. I don't know what time, cool. but uh, everybody that, that I know that's a member of uh, the seed's membership says it's 100% worth it. And they have cool no experiences that they integrate in it, which is something that I like. It's not just bottles. Like, you get kind of an experience. You become almost part of the brewery. They give more than they get. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Um, Troon, I am on a health kick. 8.4% hoppy ale. Uh, Twin Elephant released two new beers. Goro awaits 5.1% Japanese Pilsners for those who were into video games back in the 90s. And a Kaput Stool, a 5% Schwarz beer. <laughs> Alternate ending. Pecan Bears, a collab with Eskerhart, released on New Year's Day. Imperial Stout aged in 13-year Seagram's whiskey barrels for 18 months. And then conditioned on toasted pecans, Australian vanilla beans, and cinnamon sticks. Uh, they also released Chuckleheads 15. It's a two-hop double IPA, 8.2% with Citra and Moter. Pie May, chamomile table lager, 2.6%. That's a low ABV. And it's only got 76 calories. So if you are in a health kick, this is one you might want to try. Ooh. Uh, 76 calories 76 is nothing. 76 calories. It's like drinking, I don't know. That's, I, 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 I'm curious what it tastes like. Oh, it's good. I've had oh, it yeah. before. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, let's talk Evil Twin. This one, I'm sure, is a lot more than 76 calories. It's Evil Fusion Winter Edition. It's a collab <laughs> with Woven Water. It's a sour with a blend of blackberry, plum, coffee, and chocolate soft serve. Mm. Life's What You Shake It. Milkshake IPA brewed with pineapple, peach, passion fruit, papaya, pink guava, and extra vanilla. 
and even more grasp a collab with Horus and its imperial stout brewed with Ethiopian coffee and hazelnut. Conclave Fortuna Triple IPA, 10.2%, the third of their Symbology series, Crowler. And I think the other two of those both made it on top beer drops. Uh, you know, the Conclave with these kind of small, cool little series, they're killing yeah, it, man. sneaky good over here. They're, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, they're always good, but just it's funny that they're popping up. Uh, let's talk Oak Flower real quick. They released a beer called Noonan. It's a 7.2% hazy IPA, whirlpool with cashmere, and then dry hopped with a dank blend of Mosaic and Simcoe, along with Brew One and Amarillo. Autodidact Palace, 6.2% New England IPA, brewed with citrus, Simcoe, and Mackenzie hops. Dawn Chorus. So we talked about the... Uh, the Pai Mei from Alternate Ending, that that was a 2.6% beer. Uh, Autodidact is doing one that's 3.4%. It's another mm. table beer. This one is brewed with Saz hops and fermented on French Saison yeast. Very nice. Ober Creek, Fluid Profits, 8% double IPA with Rawaka, Matueka, Ness, and Sauvine, and Galaxy. Uh, Magnify's got a few new beers. Pirate Plank Walk. IPA. It's a new batch brewed so that the Prudential Center can be fully stocked for Seton Hall basketball season. This one is a little uh, nod to Seton Hall, which is my alma mater. So giving it some shout outs. Very nice. Bourbon barrel aged banana phone 5G smoothie edition. Whoa. Collaboration with Burnish Beer Company from Maryland. Six and a half percent bourbon barrel aged smoothie sour beer aged in seven year Willet barrels before being conditioned on vanilla ice cream, banana, and graham cracker. <laughs> Probably more than 76 calories on that one, too. <laughs> uh, they also did S'mores Mind Over Matter, 8% double chocolate imperial stout brewed with lactose, graham crackers, cocoa nibs, and marshmallow. Citrapalo, 7.6%, double dry hopped, imperial IPA, hopped with citra and Apollo hops. All right, we talk about low ABV stuff. How about zero ABV stuff? And we're mm. going to go to Drownlands for this one. Okay. Their uh, drink called Ever Hop. It's a non-alcoholic sparkling hop water with cashmere and grapefruit. All right. Yeah. Sure, it's good. Sure, somebody will tell me about it. Not that, you know. <laughs> I would like to try it. I'm just yeah, 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 probably sure. not going to buy it, but yeah. I would like to try it. Soil and Citra, 8.5% double IPA with hand-selected Citra. And All the Terra, 8.5% double IPA with mosaic hops in the kettle and in the Whirlpool. And in the Whirlpool, also, they have a Zappa hops. Wild Air in Asbury Park, White Fang, Doppelbach, Doppelbach with Alaskan spruce tips. They also did Poetic License, Lime and Vanilla. It's a sour with key lime and vanilla. That sounds very, very tasty. Sure does. Gearblock Brewing doing Bird Dog IPA, 6.8% ABV New England IPA. Double dry hopped with Nectaron, Nelson Sauvine, and Citra. And they also did Supra Citra. It's a 6% New England IPA, dry hopped with Citra and Mosaic. Wims Gravitate, 6.2% American Stout with a blend of vanilla beans from Madagascar and Comoros. And Heavy Reel did Going Ham, a collab with RAR Brewing. It's an 8.5% ABV IPA, a double IPA, brewed with Nelson Salvin, Rewaka, and New Zilla Hop. 
This can comes with a label that looks like the Taylor Ham pork roll that everyone here in New Jersey knows so well. The interesting thing here is that Heavy Reel is definitely down in pork roll country, yet they call this beer Going Ham, furthering the New Jersey discussion of Taylor Ham versus pork roll. And for any listeners who are outside of New Jersey who are listening, uh, uh, just ask somebody from New Jersey if it's Taylor Ham or pork roll. When they give you the answer... Try to make the case for the opposite, and that person will try to burn your house down. That's how it works here. Yeah, we're very passionate about our, <laughs> you know, seasoned meats, cured cured meats. Cured meats. <laughs> um, all right, a few events to talk about. Let's start with Bolero Snort. They're going to be celebrating their 11th anniversary, uh, the weekend of January 19th to the 21st. Finback, Saturday, January 20th. They are celebrating. Not so dry January, with a public tap takeover by breweries including The Seed, Fidens, Human Robot, and Fox Farm. The event will focus on low ABV beers. That sounds like a good time. It does sound like a good time. And then the direct opposite of that is, uh, I'm sure it's also going to be a good time, but the direct opposite in terms of beer style is uh, Zigmeister on February 17th is doing a stout fest, they say, with 50 varieties of stout. Sounds exciting. Yeah. You, you, know, you really got both ends of the spectrum there. I'm really, you know, not to knock any of those things that we just talked about, but I'm really just thinking about the other half, 10th anniversary. You should go. I know. I know. I'm, 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 I'm going to figure it out soon. Yeah. So are you going to go? Would you go with or without me? I can't, <laughs> I can't go that day, unfortunately. Oh, you can't? I can't. Yeah. My, my weekends are really getting, uh, kind of taken up here so well fucking welcome to my world pal <laughs> i cannot wait <laughs> all right uh we have we're going to talk about the hottest beers the hottest the uh highest rated hottest sounds whatever but we'll be talking about the highest rated beers in the country right after this To season four, episode one of America the Brutiful. All right, so we did local releases. I, I recorded that section with Tom on Friday. I'm recording this part here. This is the part of the show where we talk about the top beers in the country. But before we get to that, there are two uh, breweries re- had some releases that I did not get to in local releases. So we'll do those real quick. Uh, Troon released Cataclysmic Abyss. It's a 9.4% hoppy ale. And Kane had two releases. One was Gratitude. Gravitational Party Wave, which is their collab with Conclave. It's a 7% IPA brewed with Rawaka and Citra in the Whirlpool, then heavily dry hopped with Galaxy, Citra, and El Dorado. And they also released this year's 2024 Barrel Age Evening Bell, 13.6% Imperial Porter, aged in Heaven Hill whiskey barrels and Woodford Reserve double oak barrels for close to a year and a half. Uh, now that we got that out of the way, let me bring in Chase from Top 
top beer drops. We're going to talk about the top beers of the last week, the top beers of the first week of 2024. Let's do it. All right, so the week that actually started in 2023 into 2024, uh, from the 30th to the 5th, there were 327 new beers released from the top 440 breweries around the U.S. We're going to go through the untapped ratings as we do. Let's start with number one. It's a local, so I'm pretty excited about it. Awesome. Yeah, I was able to get my hands on this one. We'll have to. Did, did you get this beer? Yeah. So earlier this episode, actually, me and Tom uh, had this beer, and it was pretty. It was pretty good, man. I was. Uh, awesome. I was. I was pretty psyched. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. All right. So number one uh, is uh, Noble Savage, and kind of their familiar crew. They uh, they usually use Hudson Valley malt and freestyle hops. Uh, they created a, a hazy IPA called Functional Art. Um, at the time, it was sitting at a four point six nine. I can check and see if that's still uh, the rating while we're while we're going through here. But looks awesome. It was it's part of a triple release, if memory serves me. That's right. There um, were three three different uh, can releases that week. And, uh, you know, great to see them hit number one. Also, I think, I don't know, a lot of times with the IPAs that make the list, I always expect something with a little bit higher ABV. Uh, So kind of cool to see a 7.4 make the list. Yeah, and it's it's still sitting at 4.69, so that's solid, I think, uh, with, uh, looks like, double the ratings um, from last week, so. Cool. Now, now that actually tied for number one, let's be fair. So let's talk True. about Thank the you. other beer that it tied with, which is yes. one, one B or <laughs> one B. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, I, we'll say one B because it had slightly less, uh, ratings than that noble savage. So noble savage had 18 ratings and this, uh, this tie for number one from transcend beer crafters, uh, peach berry parfait had 11 ratings. Um, also sitting at a 4.6, nine let's see if it's still kind of sitting in that area it's nice to have a little bit of time between um when we created the list and then talking about it yeah it did drop down to a 4.63 um so i you can kind of maybe make the argument for who's the true number one (laughs) on the list so cool and then uh, number three on the list is a brewery that you know it it comes in with a style that you don't normally know them for they're mostly known for kind of their fruited sour stuff but tell us about number three yeah sure it's it's always a pleasure to profile someone who uh makes a list with something that they don't generally uh what they're not known for as you mentioned there dan but yeah baba brew house out of uh brookshire texas i want to say close to houston area if memory serves me um made the list with a imperial stout called teeny tiny i think it's a play on the the, the size of the can that it's coming in i want to say it's like an eight ounce or ten ounce can something like that um but yeah imperial stout aged on dates marshmallow and a touch of vanilla uh still sitting at a 4.65 so yeah pretty pretty interesting beer there yeah the beer may be called teeny tiny but at 12.5 percent it's not teeny tiny ABV. And the format, listen, I've said it before a bazillion times, especially if you're going to have high ABV beers, small formats are awesome. Plus, you get Amen. you get to have it a bunch of times. You don't just have to open it and then kind of finish it that day. You get a four-pack of like 8 or 10-ounce or 12-ounce cans. 
uh, I love it. So uh, yeah, I'm into it. Now let's go to number four. Number four is the beer that I kind of expected to be number one for this week. Uh, I bet you it does have a lot of ratings. It has a very solid rating, and it's a brewery everybody is familiar with. But tell us about number four. Definitely, uh, definitely no stranger to the list. Uh, Mortalis came in with a imperial pastry stout called Barrel Aged uh, Thanatos uh, with a lime green wax. If we want to get specific, it's a pastry stout. Um, looks like uh, one of their favorite baked treats was in the the uh, pastry stout. It's a coffee cake base, mm-hmm. uh, I guess adjunct. So sounds awesome. Yeah, also aged uh, in will at rye barrels for uh 18 and 22 months so very barrel aged pastry style looks awesome very nice uh number five is you know depending on who you ask if you ask if you pulled 100 beer nerds this may be the number one brewery in the united states according to uh the beer nerds in america uh it's from hill farmstead tell us about what came in at number five yeah, for sure. Kind of a uh, similar comment, a similar-ish comment to the Baba uh, Brewhouse. Anytime I see Hill Farmstead, I definitely expect some sort of farmhouse or uh, sour base, but they also knock it out of the park with Imperial Stouts, and they did it this time with uh, one called Damon Dandelion uh, Batch 2. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't have uh, tasting notes on this one. I'm not sure if they're using Dandelion in place of hops or if that was just a play... Um, on the name there, but uh, yeah, huge, huge Imperial Stout uh, sitting at 4.58 when we created the list. I'm sure it's still right, right up there as well. So the dandelion is actually dandelion chocolate. Mm, uh, okay, yes. cool. Good uh, to know. Yeah, so um, it, it, I don't think it has anything to do with the actual dandelion flower. It's just known as dandelion chocolate. So, um, mm. yes, I had batch one. It was excellent. I mean, you know, I, I don't really have to promote Hill Farmstead at all. I yeah, think everybody no, knows uh, how good their stuff is. Uh, numbers, you, yeah, go on. Have you before we move on? Have you ever had a uh, a beer that is that they use dandelions instead of hops as the bittering agent? I've had beers brewed with dandelions. I don't think sans hops though. Okay. Uh, okay. There's a, there's a brewery in Utah. I don't know if they still do it, but for the longest time they had an annual release called Part of Bloom, which is uh, Dutch for dandelion, and they would use dandelions instead of hops. It was a it was a sour. I'll see if I can track down a bottle and send it your way. It's it's a pretty pretty interesting, remarkable beer. Sure, and, and I know Equilibrium, one of a brewery local to here. One thing they do every year for one of their beers, they use dandelions, and they have people come out and you know, kind of forage for them, right? And so I think, I forget how many, I think it's like five pounds of dandelions. If you can provide them with five pounds of dandelions, they give you a bottle of the beer once it's oh, cool. once it's produced. Yeah. I mean, you're doing kind of some of the work for them, but it's like a fun thing, especially I think if you have kids, like let's go pick flowers and also sure. I get a beer out of the deal, you know? So it's a, it's, it's a pretty cool, awesome. yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool thing that they do. Uh, let's go to number six. Number six is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring them in here. It's from Drecker, uh, Wild Pretty Cola, uh, 6.4% fruited sour, uh, you know, this is this is a brewery that I think a few years ago was on on the list a lot, a lot. Uh, pretty cool to see them back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, number seven is one of my favorite breweries to visit. It's an, it's a local one to hear. Uh, tell us about what number seven is. 
Yeah, sure. Pleasure. Uh, Tin Barn out of uh, Chester, uh, Spaceman Orbit. It's a New England IPA. It's a big one, 9.8%. Um, and yeah, clocking in at a 4.55 when we ran the list last week. They, I've seen them on the list the, a few times the last uh, month or six weeks or so. So uh, I'm glad they're they're top of the list for you as well, Dan. Yeah, I mean, the week before, uh, they made it with their collab with Other Half. Cool to see them uh, right back on the list. Now, I want to go to number eight because I think a lot of the breweries on this list are breweries that people have heard of, have seen on your list before, they're familiar with. But every single week, it it seems without fail, there is somebody where I'm like, I'm going to have to ask Chase about this one because I don't know much. So tell us about number eight. Yeah, sure. Number eight is uh, Lowell's Hard Seltzer, and I feel like they kind of dip their toe in the game and out of the game a little bit. Uh, it's uh, it's a beer, well, it's a hard seltzer, excuse me, uh, rum barrel-aged R&R. And Lowell's, my understanding, is a derivative of Phase 3 um, oh. that they're associated. So uh, you can imagine if uh, the Phase 3 barrel program gets their hands on a hard seltzer and rum barrel-ages it, I, I'm sure some interesting things are are going to happen so clocking in at a 4.54 it it looks pretty awesome candidly I, I tried to get my hands on this but struck out a little bit but um yeah uh, it's ripe pineapples uh juicy orange creamy coconut and tropical guava is what's making up uh, the base before throwing it in the rum casks and that's something you're seeing more and more. I mean, more and more breweries have been making hard seltzers, I guess, for you know last two years. You see, it's easy to make for brewers. Uh, it's easy kind of to sell to the masses, you know, the normies, not necessarily the beer nerds. Uh, but you're seeing a lot more of these kind of barrel-aged, very high ABV seltzers coming out. So interesting to see if that's going to be something that we see more of in 2024. Uh, let's So number nine and number 10 are two breweries that everyone is very familiar with if they follow Top Beer Drops. Uh, let's go to number nine. Tell us about it. Definitely. Um, number nine is, uh, we'll call them a, a new brewery that is a very frequent appear uh, on the list. Uh, Brewhouse out of uh, Portland, Oregon, made a triple IPA called Thou. Um, it's a 10.2 percenter. Uh, is rating right below 4.5 at 449 and... Yeah, this is, uh, it looks like it's a triple West Coast, by the way, so not a, a triple hazy. Um, Simcoe, Citra, Chinook, Mosaic, it looks like it's pretty well hopped. Um, yeah, looks awesome. I, Brewhouse knocks it out of the park, so I'm sure this one is, is amazing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if it's a 10% triple West Coast, that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and let's go to number 10. Number 10 is a, a brewery, if you listen to this podcast, if you're local to New Jersey um, you would, and you're into beer, you would have to be living under a rock somehow to not know about them. But, but let's, uh, let's talk about number 10. For sure. All right. Number 10 uh, is, again, no stranger to the list, uh, Troon out of uh, Hopewell. They, I think they're playing on the, the dry, dry January with this name, uh, beer's named I'm on a Health Kick. It's a double IPA. Uh, yeah, clocking in at 4.48. Uh, and at, since I'm fresh off of kind of putting together the droppies list, I want to say this is the first time that Troon uh, hit number 10 every beer that we profiled in 2020. 
three was nine or below. So just sneaking into the list is, is not usually what Trim does. They usually knock it out of the park and they're usually you know, one of the top spots. So Yeah, I mean at four four eight can't complain though. That's that's a really For good sure. score. Big time. All right, so let's talk, let's look ahead. Uh, we are recording this on uh, Sunday, the fourteenth. Later today, you're going to be uh, releasing the past week, right? And the beers that come out. I know you're still kind of crunching all the numbers here. What are some things that uh, you're looking at that you think may make the list that you've had your eye on uh, for this past week that just kind of ended? Yeah, a handful that I'm I'm looking at. So I'm going to caveat up today. So th- this list could change, or that yeah, the makeup of this could could look a little bit different. But uh, a few beers that I've got my eye on is uh, a local to you, Dan uh, Oak Flower Brewing in Millington, New Jersey, uh, created a, a beer called High Noonan. Uh, I think their their play on words for High Noon. It's a it's a New England IPA. Um, clocking it at a 7.2 again kind of funny we were talking about that for for noble savage but uh yeah it's, it's sitting at a 4.67 again as of yesterday's ratings so that one is uh I, I bet that one sneaks in and makes the list um even if it if it drops a little bit uh we've also got i've got eyes on southern grist they put out um a collab with hop butcher for the world um Insert Juicy Jewels is the name of the of the beer. It's an eight percent um, New England IPA. Excuse me. Uh, and then there there was a few that uh, it, I wish they would have made a post. Ingenious uh, is is closing down or closed down earlier this month. And the last two weeks they've had some of the top rated beers, but they they haven't been making posts about it for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, I'll shout I'll shout them out. Um, they had a four point five seven stout uh, called the one where they say goodbye, which uh, I wish I could profile, but they they didn't make any sort of Instagram post on it. So shout out to Ingenious. Um, a few more long live uh, had a, an eight year anniversary, and I am guessing that their stout is going to make the the list called uh, Auto Naughty. I'm guessing is, the, is how you say that. Okay. Uh, so uh, those those are a couple. Of, I, I've got my eye on a, a few more. The breweries uh, put out a, a few beers that look really um, look pretty interesting. Uh, a variant on Black Tuesday called Adios Martes looks pretty good. And then uh, Corporate Ladder did uh, a barrel aged or a double barrel aged Vile Maxim. Um, those are those are a handful that are uh, rating really well right now. Again, we'll see what the, the ratings look like after uh, the update today. Cool. I'm really excited. Uh, hopefully, Oak Flower makes it. It seems like it would be very hard for them not to, considering how many check-ins they have and the rating on uh, that beer right now. Um, sure. So I, I do have one question before. I, I do want to talk about the droppies because that's coming up, and um, I, I, you know, maybe get some insights at what we might expect on that. Uh, earlier this episode, uh, we talked about Kane released their kind of tenth anniversary Antied. Uh, big beer, less than 100 bottles, a lot of hype here in New Jersey. And then I looked uh, the other day and had literally two check-ins total hmm. on Untapped. Um, I, I guess when it hits that kind of threshold, it'll be way too late, right? It has to be something that's released and gets those ratings within a week. Bingo. Yeah, sadly. I, you know, I should. Pro- you're inspiring me. I should probably 
bring back the ones that got away list, Dan, for mm-hmm. 2024, I think that kind of is the catch-all for examples like what you just mentioned. You know, something is uh, highly coveted, not available on draft, and people are kind of slow to crack it. They're not going to take it home and bust it out the first day or two that they get it. Um, usually that those monthly, like, hey, what did we not profile that we missed um, can catch some of those those awesome beers as well. Yeah, it's tough when something is so limited. You kind of yeah. do kind of want to wait as a as a beer person. You kind of do want to wait for a special moment to have a for beer. Sure. But I will just warn everybody out there because I've done this many times. If you do that, you kind you kind of want to drink beer fresh. And if you keep mm-hmm. doing that, you're gonna wind up with some beers a little bit past their prime. And uh, anybody that's uh, been in the beer game for a while has made that mistake. Um, but let's let's talk about the droppies. Tell us about. Uh, when you're expected to make it, uh, the announcement. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I will say this. All the I, – I crunched the data. The award winners have been notified. And they've Ooh. been uh, – yep, they, they've basically been told, hey, select a gift from uh, – we put together like a, a drop eat store. So uh, some merch, some hats, shirts, water bottles, all that fun stuff. So uh, the the award winners have been notified. The date for the droppies, we're looking at January 26th, probably Friday evening, or uh, January 27th, probably Saturday, early on in the day. I'm, I'm going to be up in Seattle, and I'm just trying to figure out what venue can host. Um, hopefully, one of the uh, the folks who have made the list so um holy mountain and fremont are two in seattle that have made the list in 2023 i'm really trying to see if they will host otherwise there's a bunch of great options you know there's um fair isle up there uh great notion has a few locations there's, there's quite a few top beer drop eligible breweries up there so i'm sure we're, we're solidifying all the details but uh the, the the data has been crunched i'll say that no shortage of good uh, breweries up in the Pacific Northwest, that's, that's for sure. Um, all right, so what can you tell us? What kind of little hints or, uh, you know, what can you tell us about what might make the list, a little, you know, maybe especially locals? I think, you know, for us here in the Northeast, the New Jersey, New York area, um, you know, we're proud of our local breweries. What, what might we see on the list? For sure. Um, I, what I will tip my cards to is I was pretty surprised that the list looks very familiar to last year, is what I will say. Oh. Um, there's there's a few surprises in there, but um, the old tried and true awesome breweries that were pumping out great stuff in 2022, no surprise, again, were pumping awesome beer out in 2023. So uh, th- there was, there's a few things that were differentiating, but for the most part, there's a lot of familiar faces on this year's droppies. So. Cool. All right. I, I think that will give uh, people some – we'll make our guesses. Yeah, yeah <laughs> fair enough. Let's, let's put it that way. All right, cool. Well, listen, Chase, thank you so much for joining us. The first episode uh, we are doing here in this year of 2024. Um, thank you so much for kind of being part of the podcast, doing this. It's always interesting. It's always – it's fun for me, you know, to learn – about a lot of breweries I don't know that much about that make the list and yeah. uh, you do a great job so I'm looking forward to seeing the list later today and I'm uh, waiting you know for the droppies too I really am very curious as to what uh, made the list this year 
Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited to do it, and it's always a pleasure being on America the Brutal with you and Tom. All right. Well, okay. Thank you so much, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, America, drink up and stay beautiful.